Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fossett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. This is Gemma. I'm still sniffling, but I'm, I'm like doing great. I am excited to be here. Uh, someone has sent me a question. How can we decide when to share and speak our mind's challenges? Now, I was curious if this is just about challenges, our mind's challenges. There's often a lean to quieting so um, as not to give certain thoughts and concerns energy. <clears throat> but I've also found that just like a light bulb, there's heat that generates and can become dangerous. So often a little conversation with a friend or even a stranger sometimes can diffuse the heat and simply share the light. Practicing the pause has been useful when I turn away from the impulsive. So I guess the question would be, how can we know when to let go, diffuse, stay quiet, and when to share and run the risk of making things, thoughts, ideas bigger and stronger? This struggle or opportunity to grow comes from my ever-growing lean away from putting everything out on the table all the time to people who I realize may not actually be part of my tribe learning from and or personal conservation. Wow, this is a lot of material. All right, and we're just going to go in. There's so much material that the different paths. So I'm just going to say that may <laughs> may my response that I co-create with Source Energy be of use to the highest good of all in this podcast because... It may not directly answer this person's question, but it may answer someone else's. So there's so many elements here. Okay, so one, let's go back to the beginning. Decide to share and speak our mind's challenges. So that could be our personal challenges that we're referring to, or it could be a challenge with another person. Okay, so then how can we know when to let go, diffuse, stay quiet, and when to share and run the risk of making things, thoughts, ideas bigger and stronger. Now, from my own experience, I can totally relate to this. It's so easy. Like, okay, so this is, I love that it's posed in two different ways. So one thing I want to say is that whenever I put, like I am a very strong personality. And when I put my focus on something, it makes it big. So the focus on the subject is what makes it big. The subject doesn't make itself big. It's my focus on it. I'm going to have to have a tissue handy. So um, what I'm, I'm going to say about this is that we can, this is what's really beautiful. Okay, so let me get to the core, 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 core. So there's all this stuff that we can be passionate about, that we can struggle with, that we can we can embrace, we can fight for, we can do all this, right? We can do all of that. However, if your happiness is of value to you, the one thing you would want to incorporate is non-attachment. Now you're going to say, well, how can I have non-attachment and be passionate about something? Well, the non-attachment is the recognition 
that you do what you do because that is who you are. Not as a judgment to the world, but if you're out there picking up trash, it's because you believe in a clean world. But we don't have to judge that others are bad for not doing it or that our town is bad or that so-and-so's town is good because they don't have litter um, or that the people walking by the litter not picking it up are bad people because they're not picking it up. This is all about you. So it's about you walking by it feeling shame and projecting that on another. That's what that would be. It's... um. It's just about the meaning that you are giving litter versus non-litter. <coughs> so that goes to say for everything. Now, if you're feeling a struggle over, um, over something that's in your mind, <laughs> we'll say that's a thought or a belief about another human, then I would love to give you permission to allow other people to have their own journeys. And I've been reminded time and time again that everyone has their own journey. They have their own angels. They have their own service to the highest good of all. And who am I to say what that is supposed to look like? If that's eating junk food for 99 years and showing they can live to 99 years old eating junk food, then so be it. You know, who am I to say that the only way to live a long life is through health food or the only way to live a long life is to get, you know, regular checkups, you know, there's so many, um, proven upside down things. You know, we think because we have healthcare and, um, you know, hospitals and doctors and we can afford it and all of this in this country that we're having better quality lives for that. And the reality is the more a country spends on healthcare, the worse, uh, the sicker the people are, which is mind blowing. Like, how does that happen? But there it is. So everything's upside down. So the best thing you can do is to honor the truth of who you are now. So the truth of who you are is someone who's passionate about the environment. Well, if you are passionate, okay, so if you're passionate about the environment, like I know people whose passions are so strong and I respect them for it, but a lot of people are put off by it because it's all they talk about. It's all they care about. It seems to be, it seems like they don't care about the people around them because they're so caught up <coughs> in caring about this, this mission they're on. But I love to look at that those people on those missions, even if the mission's not for me, because I appreciate passion. So that's what I choose to get out of that. So if I'm a person now who has a mission and a passion, I just have to take a step back. Like this is me. I've learned through pushing people away and upsetting people of having my opinions. And that's all I believe they were was opinions, but I believed in sharing my opinions because maybe you know, people hadn't thought of this angle before, or maybe they would love to hear it. <coughs> and what I found is that, um, the personality that I am has lumped my passions in with all the other helping I do and recognize that I have to take a step back and be invited to share this is where things get really special. And the, the person who sent me this, 
I know for a fact that they live a life of example. And that alone is so beautiful and so exciting. And and as far as you need to go, actually, <clears throat> it is by your example that people will be uplifted. People's minds will be opened. People will forgive and um, they will come back into alignment with their own truth. But it's not up for us to say when and where and how they do it. And it, and it's not even up for us to have an expectation that they do it. This allowing people to have their own lives is such a special thing. And it's only been recently that I recognized that even someone uh, dying of um, like, uh, you know, self-indulgence, let's just say drugs or something, could be serving the highest good of all. That path that they chose in some way is part of the tapestry of woven experience that is serving another person or many people for all I know. <clears throat> so who am I to say, who am I to say the guy who chooses to live on the street and squalor and beg for money isn't serving the highest good. He is providing for myself anyway, a place for humility, a place for um, generosity and kindness, a place for non-judgment. He's uh, giving me space to remind me of my commitment to non-judgment. He's given me a place to honor all homelessness, all poverty, all poverty, all starvation by um, honoring him. I honor all those people. You know, I respect all those people for their choices. <sighs> so now uh, with that said, um, this is like really it's just so um, it's a really good question. The bottom line to all of this material is your, your attachment to outcome. All right, so that's the critical aspect here. So how can we decide when to share or speak our minds or challenges? You can share them anytime, but release any idea that you must be right. Release any idea that there must be a change of behavior in another for your sharing. Release any outcome. So if you're sharing things that are very like affronting to people and people don't typically do well with change, like people don't want to be hit in the head with like some sort of massive turnaround in reality or shift in, in reality or change. They don't want massive change. And so if that is the kind of um, surprise, guess what? I'm getting divorced and leaving my family. Um, yeah, this might not be met with open arms from other family members. It may not. It may not be met with open arms from your children. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's an extreme example. There are more subtle examples. Um, how can we decide when to share and speak our minds? So I say that uh, to, this is another thing that I do. It's like, Oh, what is the saying for it? It's kind, It's this be kind, you know, <laughs> like that's a saying. But this idea of being kind and if my family, like everything is a story. So if my reason for not going to the Christmas social at my parents' house has to do with, um, let's just say, the fact that every time I get together with my siblings, there's these massive fights and I'm obviously making this up because this doesn't happen to my family. But there's these massive outbursts, and I am going to not go for that purpose. Um, I I might say that you know I just I 
And I know it's like they're all stories because everything has only the meaning we give it. Everything has only the power we give it. So it's all a story. So if I'm not going, and that is ultimately my reason, but my reason is going to just incite more fighting and more whatever, I might choose a milder reason. And that story may not be as true, but it could be that's the story I'm going to give my power to, you know, because I don't want to incite more violence in my family. Oh, let me uh, possibly sneeze. I'm not sure yet. (laughs) This is better than coughing. Just goes to show you everything's shifting and moving. So I, I really appreciate this question because I have found in my own experience that my happiness depends on me not depending on other people hearing me. And that's a tricky thing. It's like once I decide my truth, then I live my truth. And if living my truth means that I, like I was just saying, give a different reason than my truth. You know, my truth might be a bit much. But all I have found of all time is that all of it is rationalized. So why I do something and not something else is totally rationalized. Um, always. I, I, it's like we can choose to give it an insidious meaning or we could choose to give it a non-threatening, you know, reasoning. But it's all just what it just is. So we could choose to be kind and gentle to the world around us. And we can choose the kind and gentle things to say. Now, even when someone is abusive, I've, there's no benefit to attacking them. There's none. If they don't listen, then there's no need to speak. If they are willing to listen, then there is a reason to speak from the heart, a reason to speak with compassion, a reason to speak from only your truth and not what you think they should do or who they should be, but just to speak from your own truth. So if your own truth is saying that I don't understand, you know, why I don't get along with my siblings and I, I would love to have harmony, the harmony just has to start with you. It just has to start with you. You have to find the harmony within your own being, within your own environment, and then extend that to the world. I always give myself permission to hang up the phone when someone gets excitable and violent, verbally violent. I always give myself permission to walk away from a situation in the middle of a sentence. Because if someone is being hostile or... Um, violent towards me verbally, I am, that's not my world. That's not what I choose to share in. So I walk away and, um, we can uh, say goodbye. And sometimes, you know, this is the thing we don't get hurt unless we have an expectation and outcome. So if (coughs) I had been meditating every day and sending love to my family and then out of the blue, they call me and they're like, Oh, sweetheart, we miss you so much. Let's get together and have a family dinner. We're like, Oh my gosh, my meditation's been working. I would love to because we have this deep longing for for family and acceptance and so then we're like, "Yay, it's working." And what happens? We all of a sudden out of the blue draw in an expectation that this is going to be it. This is the healing moment. This is the moment when we all get past our old stuff and we we uh mature into our spiritual oneness and 
what happens? You go and you set up this expectation and then things spiral out of control. And you're like, no. And you're devastated and you're shell-shocked and you're, and you're hurt. It was the expectation that did it, not the behavior. All right? It was the expectation and not the behavior. So if we truly want to heal, we have to let go of all expectation and attachment to um, experience and to outcomes. <clears throat> now, this is interesting because when we can let go of that, we start to notice the beliefs that are purely designed for outcomes and expectations. da 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 So that is beautiful because then we can take and do the cleansing and clearing on these thoughts and beliefs that are basically holding us hostage. So that's what's holding us hostage, not this abusive family. (coughs) It's the thoughts and beliefs because anyone can walk away from an abusive family except for the people that believe walking away is shameful or that their guilt will kill them or that it's completely disrespectful to your elders to walk away from them. So this is what happens. It's the beliefs. So we have to clear the beliefs. All right. So I believe in serving the highest good of all. I believe in unconditional love. And this is how I start my day. This is how I approach the moments in my day. And even my parenting and even my teaching of to Bella and discipline of Bella. And I use the word discipline lately. I really, truly believe discipline means teaching. Um opportunities to teach. So when I'm feeling this, this opportunity to teach Bella, because there appears to be a, um, a glitch in her awareness of her responsibilities or her environment, um, I have to be careful not to have an expectation and outcome. And I'm very aware of my body language and I'm very aware of the energy and I'm also just have, I have so little attachment to the outcome that I sometimes wonder why do I even do it? Like, and I, I don't even know, like, do I do it because that's what my mom did or that's what parents do or my idea of what parents do? Do I do it because I think it's going to change anything? And if it doesn't change anything, does that mean I shouldn't do it or Should I not do it anyway? Or is, do we come back to what I told you, which is the bare example of you living in unconditional love is enough, is enough to teach. It's your example that teaches. It's your doing dishes in a state of love. It's your enjoying the house cleaning. It's your enjoying clean spaces that teaches cleanliness, that teaches order and um, appreciation of respecting environment. And I'm really happy to say that because I have kind of been in a tug of war with my daughter and her cleaning her room. And I love order. And when I got back from uh, my trip last time, I dropped everything. I was exhausted. Then I got into this, this cold thing from the exhaustion. And I had very little strength. But I did not like the pile of stuff that was in the middle of my room. Plus there was other stuff that had been left, you know, like just unaddressed. It was like a pile of packages that came in and I had all those boxes. So I just really just, even while I was sick, I just, it was important to me. It was like a value to me, but I have to be careful not to make what I value be a judgment on others. And that is the tricky part. So 
let's see. Let's look at this question again really quickly. How can we decide when to share and speak our minds and challenges? So as a finale, this is just coming in now. As a finale, how to decide when to share and speak our minds and challenges? How about if we chose to speak and share our mind's challenges when we felt it had something to serve for the highest good of all. That's a tricky thing. So if we're serving the highest good of all to share how we felt when we were treated a certain way, how does that serve the highest good of all? Well, first of all, we have to not make it about the other people because we were the ones that took that thing personally. And if we took it personally, that means there's a belief system in there that says that we had to accept that that situation as personal. I had a friend once, and I know I've told you this before, and I received an unkind letter with a lot of um, attack in it from someone, and I took it to my friend, and he read it for me because I, I needed to know, is there a, are there glitches in me that I'm unaware of that are hurtful to others and I need to correct them. Is there stuff I'm doing that's harmful that I'm unaware of? So he read it and he said, uh, you know what? This isn't for you. He said, this isn't who you are and this isn't for you. He goes, give this back. And it was so powerful, a lesson to me that we can choose, we can choose to receive even the negative experiences. We can choose to receive them or we can choose not to receive them. We cannot accept them. And that is what people in their power do. That is what survivors do. Survivors say, I will not accept this. I will not accept this diagnosis. I will not accept this outcome. This is what survivors do. And we can go from surviving to thriving in a blink, just like that, just like that. Sprinkle some love in there and some, um, oh, some love, unconditional love in there, and immediately it goes from surviving to thriving. Because surviving comes from a place of fear. But when we're empowered by unconditional love, we are thriving. And that's what we want out of every situation. So how do we decide to share and speak our mind's challenges? <clears throat> if you are coming from a place of offering unconditional love, then share. And if you're not coming up from a place of love, don't share. Now let's look at another one. What if we're looking for help? Then we have to choose the right people who will not be affected by what we have to say. We have to choose people who we know are strong enough to not take what you're saying personally. And if it does, if it does gift them, then great. But if it doesn't, we know that they're not going to react to it. They're not, they're not going to be harmed by it <clears throat> because we have a commitment to not harm. It's, it's really wonderful. Once you begin the commitment on a daily basis to serve the highest good of all, you will have the insight to know if it feels good and it uplifts you. If it has a feeling of uplifting, if there's a feeling of heaviness around the idea, just the thought of sharing something, then don't share it. If there's a feeling of being uplifted by sharing it, then you're on point. And the difference between being uplifted and weighed down or uplifted and heavy could even just be your intention behind the sharing, not actually the sharing. What is your intention? If your intention is to be right, 
you will always feel heavy. There will always be harm involved. If your intention is to uplift another, if your intention is to um, ah, bring light you know, to the situation, the interesting thing is we can't be having these attachments to the outcomes. We can't even have an attachment to our own opinion. And that is the trick. It's like in, by not having an attachment, it gives us the possibility of staying in the inspired action to continue to grow and to continue to evolve even within the passions, even understanding the truth of who we are and what we're passionate about. So all of that massive, massive amount of material. So if, uh, if you have any more questions, please text me and let me know. And I would love to go deeper on this. So if anyone would like to take this further, also let me know. Text me, you know, where you would like to go deeper with this. It is a really strong and powerful message. Oh my goodness. I've been on so long that my computer did its little, it did its thing. So I'm going to give you an outro and we are going to call it a day. Life is good. Life is so good. <sighs> Gonna be able to move on now. I love you so much. Have a great day. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafaset.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.